0: Hello and welcome to the Fossil Arcade Podcast. I'm Graham and I'm back with Ben. Hello. How are you doing Ben? I'm pretty good, thanks. Uh, A few weeks ago, Datadiscs, the video game record reproduction company, put out Sonic CD on vinyl, um, and you and I are are both lifelong Sonic fans, so of course we had to pick it up. Absolutely. Um, And that kind of inspired us to kind of have a more, a deeper discussion on Sonic CD and, and the music specifically, because. As I'm sure many, many people know, Sonic CD has uh, two scores. It has a score that was released with the Japanese and European version, and then when it was released in North America, uh, Sega of America gave it a new score. Um, the reasons for which are kind of obscure, but generally it just seems like people at Sega of America didn't really like the Japanese uh, music. Uh, there's also some, some suggestion online that because of the introduction of the Mega CD/Sega CD slash uh, Sega CD add-on unit, Sega had built a new recording studio in the US, and they wanted to utilize it. So part of the Sonic CD soundtrack supposedly used that studio.
1: Yeah, I I'd read the same thing about the studio, and it's like maybe they needed to justify its existence. So it's like let's make a new soundtrack. Then I think maybe they wanted a different kind of tone because the American one's kind of it's quite rocky, lots of guitar, mm. and the Japanese one's much more techno. And they probably figured, you know what, teenagers in America would probably want more rocky sounding music, and that's how we should pitch this thing. Yeah. <laughs> I booted up my save of Sonic CD today, um, just to see, just to see it. And uh, I have realised I didn't get all the time stones. I never actually got them all. That was something i am yet to achieve.
0: The only thing I've not done is get all the Metal Sonic hologram projectors.
1: I think I did that. I think that was one of the only things... Like, No, I think that was one of the only things I did.
0: The game kind of deliberately keeps the time travel thing secret. When really, does it need to? I don't know. I guess you like you get a secret ending, so it's good to work out on your own, but then I feel like a lot of people do come to the game and just get like stuck in the weeds, like what the hell is this? And like the levels are kind of unrefined in their visual like design as well.
1: Yeah, it's it always felt like a janky Sonic two to me. And it was just it was just a sprawling mess because I had no idea what the time travel mechanic was other than making it look different and it's like uh I don't get this. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think once you work it out though it's like actually like really good. But... Yeah,
1: it's it's true. I mean it does what it's trying to do well if you know yeah. what that's what it's trying to do.
0: Yeah, once you get it it's like okay, now I know that I have to explore and not just dash through because if you just try to run to the end it's like really really hard mm. to get speed up um but yeah, once you know what you're supposed to be doing, it's like a really good game. It's just a totally different kind of Sonic game in a way. So we're going to go through the um, soundtrack basically like level by level, stage by stage, and comment on both the Japanese original score, which was also used in the European release, and the North American score. And we're kind of going to whittle down which one we maybe prefer overall, or which one we think suits the game generally. Because I don't know about you, Ben. I kind of flip flop a bit depending on the on the zone.
1: Yeah, definitely. It'd be nice to be able to pick and choose your favorites for each stage, really.
0: In an ideal Sonic CD re-release, there would be an option to like check off which one you wanted on each, on each level. Yeah. I'm gonna lay um, the Japanese music under first and then as we're discussing it, I'll transition to the American one as much as I can. So we kind of, you'll hear Japan first and then mm-hmm. America underneath. So the first level of Sonic CD, Palm Tree Panic. Let's start with the Japanese. Well,
1: actually, I'm going to speak about both of them in uh, one instance here. They both managed to capture this certain kind of vibe really well. This kind of like tropical paradise sort Mm. of sound. And it's like, it's really upbeat and colourful. And it really fits that first stage really well.
0: You're definitely right in the the colour thing. It's rare that you hear a piece of music that's so vibrant. It really feels like it's like emitting color yeah and I guess that's partly because when we when we hear the music we see you know the first level of Sonic CD and they were using all the extra color channels they had with mega CD hardware so it kind of pairs up with that.
1: The past version it has quite a nice like stripped back sort of beachy sound and really kind of I think it's quite chilled out Mm. I really like how each each time zone how they change it up because yeah you got the the stripped back laid back sound of the past the present's much more upbeat and colorful. And then when you get to the good future, it becomes much more like jubilant with some, like, jumpy piano and things like that. And it sounds more kind of heavenly, I suppose.
0: Mm. And we should mention as well that although the soundtrack was changed, the past uh, melodies are the same in both Japanese yeah. and American because of the way it was programmed on the Mega CD. They left the past music untouched. So often you'll find that the Japanese uh, stages has a... Kind of familiar motif through all four past, present, bad, future, good, future tracks and then in the US you'll sometimes it's a little bit jarring when you go to the past and it's like a completely different kind of sound.
1: Yeah I think it's important to have that same kind of motif throughout because then it feels like you're playing the same level. Yeah ideally. Actually it's quite interesting about the past tunes because I wonder if this was either it was a memory thing um, from the mega CD hardware mm-hmm. or whether it was actually kind of intentional to have the past music running from the old hardware because it would be running ah, on, right. on the old um, PCM chips They only had I think it was like eight channels or something like that and it was all just it was all samples like that rather than using it wasn't actually streaming from the CD itself Yeah, it was just coming from that and I wonder if that was intentional to have that kind of old school feel like hey this is the old way of doing things and then when you get to present and future it's running from a CD and it's like this is the future, guys. We've got CD
0: sound. <laughs> and the thing is, as well, is that I never thought about it. Like, I never played the past stages and thought, oh, this sounds like OG Mega Drive, whereas mm. the other stages sound more CD-like. And it's mm. funny because you presumably have purchased Sonic CD and the hardware to hear this CD-robust new <laughs> technology. Yeah. And, like, you go to the past and you completely take it for granted like the Mega Drive's completely capable of... Of putting out great music anyway. Yeah. Yeah, for the, for the US Palm Tree Panic, I wrote that it sounds like an old lady doing her shopping in a very colourful, kind of bouncy way. It- and then the Japanese one sounds very much like an epic party night at a retiring home, because they're sort of comforting and fun and bouncy, but kind of there's something old lady-ish about it at the same time. I don't yeah. know what it is. It's like you know when you, when you know like you see old women like dyeing their hair like purple or whatever. It just reminds me of that kind of imagery because I've written in my notes as well. It evokes a colourful setting.
1: Like colourful hair.
0: Yeah I'm just picturing like a, an old woman in her Hawaiian shirt, dyed purple hair, in a very colourful kind of fruit aisle at the supermarket, having a, having a blast. I don't know why. Just that is a
1: to... really specific image you've conjured there. <laughs> I don't know how you got to that.
0: I've also written that I don't like they use um, like vocal samples in the American future and I just think they're so out of place and it's funny because I'm sure that if they're using a recording studio that, that was probably part of the reason that they wanted more vocalization in there and I just think it kind of wrecks the feel of when you I, I really it's a pet peeve and it comes a lot from sonic uh, Dreamcast era I hate playing stages where there's vocals as you're like playing a, a level
1: oh wow you just like pretty much said exactly what I was gonna say
0: like don't get me wrong right I, I like escape from the city like it's for nostalgic purposes like City Escape I like the song like it has good memories attached to it but generally speaking I don't like having lyrics and so, it, you know it goes to the same for this vocal sample. Yeah I
1: mean Palm Tree Panic I think was one of the better cases of vocal samples in the US version. Right. Um The rest of it I thought was just like you kind of get this rocky tune and then this sort of some of it's a bit gospel sort of sound coming in that's like why is that there and it must purely be because they could they could do it so that's why they did it but I was I felt exactly the same. I was like when I'm playing a Sonic game I I stand for there shouldn't be any any vocals in there like maybe maybe some slightly but I I know it's going to piss off a lot of Sonic Adventure 2 fans out there but hey well
0: I'll I'll go on record that I for better or worse I really like the Sonic Adventure 2 soundtrack and maybe it is just nostalgia but I, I genuinely really like it Overall, for palm panic, would you give your vote to the Japanese? Uh,
1: I would say split down the middle for me because I really like I really like all versions. If,
0: you got to pick one.
1: <laughs> um, I'll say American just to be different and awkward. What about you? Uh,
0: I go. I would go for the Japanese one because I just think it sounds a lot more adventurous and fun. Mm. And moving on to the the next stage with like collision chaos, they immediately get a different tone in there both soundtracks do um but yeah i feel like with, with both soundtracks on collision chaos it kind of has a more kind of not I wouldn't say serious, but for lack of a better word, that's kind of what they're going for. Like the kind of story kind of kicks in a little bit where you, you meet Amy in stage two and she gets kidnapped straight away and you see Metal Sonic for the first time. I think they try and evoke a little bit of that in the the Chaos soundtrack.
1: Yeah, I yeah, I agree completely. A very kind of nineties pop sound, which is quite good. And yeah, it does feel like actually, I actually completely agree with what you're saying that's kind of the, the starting off point for the story, mm. and it, it, that, it's got that tone perfectly. Um, yeah. It's got that the... sort of Michael Jackson sort of vibe and things like that, and you know, of the time, everything was trying to emulate something popular, and that was, I think this is definitely kind of
0: channel that. The Japanese one is still more bouncy, it's more symphonic and techy and the american one is kind of like eerie and moody and that's something that you see more and more as you get through the american ones is that it's kind of very kind of mood based rather than melody based i think
1: yeah that's true Living Chaos, the American version. It just sounds like an 80s action movie.
0: Yeah, it's sort of like, if Arnold Schwarzenegger was sneaking into the enemy base, that's, this is and, what would be playing.
1: That's exactly what I had pictured in my head as I was listening to it. And like, that has its place. But I, yeah, in a Sonic game, maybe not so much.
0: Maybe it's just a bit early for you in terms of mood, because I think it, it strikes a good message, like I said before, with like kind of introducing the story, you know, if you, mm. if you put stock in that. Um, but perhaps it's just a bit early, a bit too heavy, too fast, maybe. Mm,
1: yeah, um, the good future is like. Actually, I find this a lot of the time with all of the good futures of each stage. They all end up sounding more spacey and reverby. Yeah, um, and like I always find that puts me off wanting to go to the good future because I actually prefer generally prefer the dark, uh, the uh, bad future.
0: in terms of gameplay like there isn't much purpose to go into the good future sometimes like
1: other than just to see it
0: you get lots of rings there i guess it makes it easier to go to the to the special stage
1: Mm, that's true but it just makes me want to have a bad future (laughs) sounds really horrible (laughs) Um, Yeah, because i i think maybe i think that that kind of techno sound actually works quite well with sonic
0: yeah i think that the japanese track for collision chaos is probably the most sonic Ish track overall, mm. uh, as far as the Japanese soundtrack is concerned, while well, the American one, yeah, is like this really moody, moody, kind of almost bleak sound, which is, like I said before, it's maybe just a bit heavy, like yeah. so early on in the game. Mm. To comment on the past theme, which is obviously the same across both releases, uh, yeah, it's just like really, really bouncy, and if anything, that makes it more jarring when you go from the present in the US to this like really kind of funky. Um, past sort of area, which has like such a great yeah, track. It really is.
1: It really, it's probably my favorite um, past tune. I think mm. uh, it's like sounds like a like a cute kind of colorful toy land, but where the toys are starting to turn evil. And I, I really like that sort of vibe. I think one of the, um, what I don't want to say failings, but one of the, I'd say one of the negative points about the US soundtrack is, I think half of them would be switched around between past, present, or even zone interchangeably.
0: Yeah, I would agree with that. It's definitely got its vibe and it does its thing. You're right, because when I was listening to this in preparation and I put the good future on and the bad future back to back, sometimes I'd just be like, okay, not, obviously I can see that there's a difference there. They're not identical. Mm. But if you'd you know, put a blindfold on me and ask me, like, well, is this the good one or the bad one? Then I wouldn't have really known. The Japanese one, it's kind of more clear-cut, I think. Uh,
1: yeah, it needs that concept and so you can actually tell them apart
0: so out of these uh two for collision chaos do you prefer american or japanese
1: it's got to be the japanese one
0: yeah i would probably agree yeah. i think i don't dislike the american sound. well i think it's a really good piece of music i just don't know if it goes with this stage mm. and that's really what it comes down to i think is whether or not it actually fits like what you're seeing and when you've got like this bright pink vibrant level even though yeah i know amy gets kidnapped and you get introduced to metal sonic Uh, it doesn't need to be as as kind of foreboding as it is yeah should we move on to tidal tempest then
1: let's do it you let me know what you think I, this is probably my favorite, um, my favorite one overall tune-wise in the Japanese version. Right. And that, I find that strange coming from me. I generally prefer something quite catchy. I wouldn't say this isn't catchy, but it's definitely more mellow than the other one. Like you've got their echoey drums and they sound like water drops hitting and stuff like that. Mm. Uh, And some like kind of house style piano. And I think that all blends together perfectly, and it fits the stage fantastically. I mean, it sounds a bit sort of, um, icy, as opposed to watery. But, you know, it's got that kind of vibe going about it. And the past version, I think, is, even without all those kind of, like, reverbs and things like that, it still manages to convey that kind of echoey atmosphere, and like a cave. does it sublimely, I think. Really, really good. I really enjoyed that one. Probably my favourite. Banging.
0: I've got a similar opinion that the present track, it sounds like, maybe a little bit cliched in this respect, but it's the sound you would expect the Stalactite to make if it made music, Yeah, and it's very kind of underground caverny, and it, it has a very strong kind of sense um, of location, um, much more so than I would normally expect from Sonic music, so I really, really like that.
2: Mm. <laughs>
0: As far as the American one's concerned, it does a similar kind of like, makes an attempt to make it feel underground um, with like the xylophones and that sort of dripping water type kind of imitation in mm. the music, um, which is quite good.
1: Yeah, it has that kind of old school bass sound, I like that kind of funky sound really Mm. cool and the vocals were kind of catchy but they're still there being vocals and it's kind of irritating
0: yeah it's a shame
1: so yeah i don't know i i think the japanese one for me wins this
0: i would probably Uh, agree just because the the present one is the one you're probably going to hear most anyway mm. um and it does that kind of underwater sound so well
1: so quartz quadrant Actually, something about this I thought was quite weird, I don't know if it was intentional in any way, probably not. But I feel like the um, the past music was quite similar to the bad future music from Tidal Tempest.
0: Mm, sometimes you hear, I don't know if this is just a, a product of composition in itself, but sometimes they sound a little bit too similar where you'd think that they kind of go together maybe tracks have been moved around in production, it's hard to say. Mm. But I agree that sometimes I hear this one and I'm just like, didn't I hear this track like a couple of minutes ago? Because they do yeah. sound quite close.
1: Yeah, it's great. It's good though, I like it.
0: <laughs> well for the Japanese one, I think it's designed to kind of pick you up you know, a bit like mid-game. Mm. Um, like we were saying before, if the game, if you view the game as having kind of like a story flowing through it, and especially with the gameplay being quite demanding of you going backwards and forwards in time, it, potentially you could be playing this game for quite a long a long time, a long session. Mm. So I think that the Japanese soundtrack, they've designed uh, Quartz Quadrant to be a bit kind of bouncy. It's a bit more familiar to Palm Tree Panic, just to kind of, kind of reinvigorate you a little bit maybe in like the midpoint of the game. Yeah, a bit of levity, isn't it?
1: Yeah, because it's got that cool bass line and that sort of trumpet sound, which I think now is actually somewhat synonymous with Sonic, it's right. used, used a lot in um, the Mania soundtrack, fits Sonic really well.
0: I would say that the past music for um, Quadrant is probably the most Mega Drive sounding track in the entire game, makes sense. I think if that's it's... why
1: I liked it so much. Mm,
0: it makes sense, if it's running from the Mega Drive then it would sound Mega Drivey. but yeah, mm. this one has a really classic kind of, you could play it, just to be like well what does the mega drive sound like and encompass it in one piece of music and past from, from quartz quadrum would do that pretty well
1: yeah definitely the good future was again it's that sort of heavenly sound and it but it had this really nice um accordion uh melody in it and this guitar interlude which was really really nice but it just doesn't last long enough and it's a real shame that's probably my favorite bit of the entire soundtrack of the whole is this little guitar interlude uh, and yeah, it's a it's a good one. I really like it a lot.
0: Well, I, I'm, I'm quite harsh on the US soundtrack up until this point, but once we get past this stage, it might flip the other way. But I'll say about Quartz Quadrant, I felt that the, the guitar work was fairly mediocre and it, it feels quite sluggish as well, especially for the midpoint of a Sonic game. I would think that, you know, they'd want to pick up the pace a bit, but US Quartz Quadrant is really kind of subdued, I think.
1: Yeah, it's like, it's got that guitar-y sound. Mm. They were like, let's go heavy on the distortion here. And that was kind of it. And that's so, sort of where it stopped and it just becomes a wall of distorted guitar.
0: <laughs> not great.
1: Not fantastic.
0: No. I feel like Japan's gonna pick up two more points there.
1: Yeah, I, I was. Yeah. I wanted to be like fair about each one and treat them kind of objectively.
0: But yeah, it's certainly not a bad composition by any stretch. It's just when it's when it's compared directly with something that's you know, Fair Play, it was originally written with that music, mm. you know, it's hard to kind of stand up against it, at least in our opinion. Mm-hmm. I know, I've seen plenty of comments online, uh, obviously from North American players who swear by that soundtrack. Which is fair so enough. I think it just depends on kind of what you're influenced by sometimes.
1: So, what Squadron, who do we think is going to get it?
0: Japan? Japan for me. Yeah it's gotta be. But things are going to change I think pretty rapidly.
1: <laughs> well, because next we've got Wacky Workbench. Yeah. And now, I don't know about you, Graham, but I've never liked the stage, i will never liked the music, whether it's US or or Japanese. I, I don't know why I've just never liked Wacky work, Workbench. I think because I always found the level irritating. So when I hear the music, it does, I do remember it. I was like, oh, it's just that stage again.
0: The stage is it's one of these levels in Sonic where you bounce around uncontrollably. I... It's yeah. easily the worst stage in, in Sonic CD. Yeah. Um, it, it's so... Um, Unrefined and manic, they it kind of does bring the game down a little bit, and I find this this often happens in Sonic. Um, it's Hilltop Zone in Sonic Two, um, <laughs> and it's it's mu- it's Mushroom Hill Zone if you want to count Sonic Three and Knuckles as the, the one cool game. Mm. You'll often get a stage right bang in the middle where it's like, Could do without that. Just that anno- It's just annoying. Mm. Um, it's a strange kind of trope.
1: I'm trying to think of some other ones now.
0: I I wouldn't apply this rule to to Sonic One necessarily because it being the first game there's a lot of um, stop and start in that. Um, yeah. I mean for Mania, to be fair I didn't really like Hydrocity Zone in, in Mania, I think I thought that was the weakest stage in that one. It's um, quite
1: long from what I remember.
0: Ugh. Yeah that's a discussion for another time. <laughs> yeah.
1: So the past version mm. has that you know the electricity sound right, as part of the music, that's distracting. <laughs> that's like a, it's like a hazard sound.
0: because you feel like it's a hazard yeah yeah and you're like
1: what's happening it's mm. oh do not like it
0: for me i've just written about the, the japanese one it's just that mm. it's very very high tech yeah um it doesn't have a strong melody at all it's just a lot of sound
1: now this is the because i use i think for the like in the present definitely that it's like an arpeggiator sort of sound basically you know you hit one key and it will play four notes in sequence i see and it's a lot of that and like it kind of it fits the theme, but because of that, you don't actually get a proper melody. It's almost like a randomized sequence of notes.
0: It's funny too, because not to skip ahead, but Stardust Speedway is a very kind of bouncy, chaotic Sonic level, but done so much better mm. in terms of the stage design. It's funny that Wacky Workbench kind of falls flat so so clearly to us.
1: Yeah. Actually, Wacky Workbench, the good future for the US version, I think it gets, gets played here because... They actually had some sort of like steamwork sounds and machinery and mm. stuff like that. Yeah, kind of robotic soundtrack. thing. Yeah, and I I really liked that because that's one where I really felt like it actually had some character like that fits the stage perfectly mm-hmm. without being irritating.
0: I think that this one, the, the US soundtrack for Wacky Book Bench, is, is very emblematic of what the US score is trying to do as a whole. Mm. Um, I'm not saying it's the best track, because I, I haven't like, really made a decision on that necessarily, but when I listened to it last night, making notes, it really just felt like, oh, this is what they were trying to do with this game, and, you know, with, with the American sound. Mm. Um, so I think it's really kind of well refined, it's a good piece of music. Um, good vocal integration for a change. Yes. Um, and it kind of the chaotic sound is more complementary to the stage, I think, than just an, an additional irritation. With yeah. the Japanese one. Yeah.
1: So, are you going to give it to U.S.?
0: Yeah, I'd say U.S. is better on yeah, this one.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. That's that's two points for me for the U.S. Out of how many we done? Four, five.
0: Well, I'm racking them up. all as one collective so i haven't i haven't scored as separately but it's all lumped in as one okay and so far the us has got three points and the japanese has got seven
1: okay it's got some catching up to do i wonder if we can do it On to Stardust Speedway.
0: Right, and this is often the kind of... This is the stage that Sega have uniformly decided that this this is the Sonic CD stage. It pops up yeah. in Generations and in Mania. Yep. Um, yeah, I don't know who's... Well, I, I think I do know who's making those decisions behind the scenes at Sonic Team, and I wish they would stop picking the same stages for these callbacks, but that's another discussion. <laughs> Who? Yeah, it's Takashi Izuka. Yes. Who's been in charge of Sonic for like what feels like fifteen years now and obviously Mm. he's like the lead producer on a lot of these Sonic games and whenever they've come round to doing these kind of like, you know, should we stick Green Hill Zone in? Then they just do. And they always Mm. pick the same ones, like all the time. Mm. But if they do a Mania Two, I just I don't want any more Going back to old levels, I want all new stuff. I'm obviously, mm. they're not going to do a Mania Two and stick Green Hill Zone in there again. Although, oh, I wouldn't they? be surprised. <laughs> Stardust Speedway, the Japanese music—it's just too many samples. It's just samples, 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 like just <laughs> layers and layers of just just completely dissident noises. And I, I really just found it so annoying when I listened to it last night. It's like this hyperactive elevator music. And the elevator is also filled with annoying people.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's chaotic. Yeah. But it's, I think it fits the stage. Fair enough. And, like, yeah, it's kind of... It works in that regard. So you got the past, and it's got kind of that, you know, funky bass sound. It's got some uh, scratchy turntables and, like, a cool melody as well. And then when you get to the present, that's when they start putting in some vocal samples as well. It actually mm-hmm. starts to feel like a song. And that's when you start having these... um like an orchestre hit, yes, orchestra hit like that. Very, very popular in the nineties.
0: Yeah, and ki- any kid who had a synthesizer or a keyboard in the nineties, like putting yeah. that sound profile on and just smacking all the keys. Exactly.
1: So. And then, <laughs> and then you get to the good future and It's like a
0: swirly sounding remix of it.
1: And but then it's got that vocal sample all kind of pitched and distorted to make. Uh-huh. Jo- yeah, a really disjointed. It's mode. like share. Yeah, it's a bit. <laughs> I,
0: I didn't like that. <laughs> You're much more articulate about why it it uh, sounds the way it does than I am, which is good. <laughs> That's handy.
1: So, what did you think of the American version?
0: Um, It's very subdued in comparison to the Japanese one. Mm. Um, It's another track that takes a long time to get going, um, and it almost feels like something you might hear in a Columns game, in a way. But I think it suits the stage a bit better than um, the Japanese one, because it kind of, maybe I'm I'm reaching a bit here, but I feel like it kind of foreshadows Metal Sonic's appearance in in the later part of the stage very, very well. Mm. So I like that techie kind of robot-y sound they put into the American Stardust Speedway a lot more. Hmm. And you get away from that voice sample, which is like good. So <laughs>
1: um, the the bad future for Stardust Speedway in the American one, I think is quite good. It definitely has that techno vibe. And I think it's one of the only ones in the US soundtrack that does really capture that techno vibe that the rest of the Japanese soundtrack is doing.
0: Yeah, I don't feel that like you can get away from the technology in the later part of the C D in the in the later part of Sonic C D as a game. Hmm. It becomes very technified, so even though they wanted apparently to move away from techno music, like, how can you in a way?
1: Yeah. And you know it's quite odd considering techno music started in America. Alright. It's quite odd that they're moving away from that, but strange marketing decisions perhaps.
0: What's the um, famous techno track that you could think of?
1: Sandstorm by Rude.
0: See, I don't know it, so... You do. Oh alright, it's that kind of zombie nation it's... sort of thing, is it?
1: <laughs> yes, exactly! <laughs>
0: Um, so would your point go to Japan with the Speedway or America?
1: Uh, it'd, it'd be Japan. I, I really I quite like it
0: a lot. Okay, so we're divided on that one. US uh, is on 4 and Japan is on 8. So this is the last kind of proper stage, right?
1: Yeah, it is. Metallic madness. So, what do you think? Japanese stuff.
0: Uh, it's got this kind of low low volume Japang-lish, like vocal samples going on, which I'm guessing come from that song, which I know people like to call Toot Toot Sonic Warrior, right? But it's not actually called that, is it?
1: Uh, you know what? I've no idea what you're talking about. Are you talking about that guy grunting in rhythm?
0: Yeah, let me fill you in then. <laughs> right. So something we haven't mentioned actually is that in Sonic CD, in the West, even in even in Europe, it's known for Sonic Boom. The, like the theme tune, yeah. the, the vocal theme tune, which is probably another, another product of Sega's like Fabled Sound Studio in in the North Americas.
1: I think this is what um, uh, Sega of America actually wanted—a theme tune that they could pedal around.
0: Well, I, I think Sonic Boom is a pretty good song, personally. Like it's cheesy, but yeah, I like cheesy. it. It's cheesy. In Japan, though, they had this song called You Can Do Anything, which is a similarly fully oh vocalized my God, pop yes. song. yeah. And that's what you're hearing being sampled in Metallic Madness. Because is that it, that's actually the theme it tune. Is? Yeah, that's the theme tune of, of Sonic CD. If I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty sure, either way, it's from the same group. Because I have. Um, back when Sonic Adventure 2 came out on Dreamcast, they were celebrating the 10th anniversary of Sonic, which makes. You and I feel quite old, I'm sure. <laughs> but I got a... Um, my sister bought me um, a Japanese copy of the Dreamcast game from Japan. Oh, I remember seeing that. And it came with a CD. And obviously it was very Japanese-centric CD. It had tracks on like Green Hill Zone and stuff like that. But it also had these these pop songs, these Sonic pop songs from Japan, like You Can Do Anything, was on there. Um, people always call it Toot Toot Sonic Warrior in like the West because that's one of the key lyrics in the song. Mm. I mean, it's kind of sub-sonic R music, if, if I dare say. It's like that <laughs> bad. Um, it's it's just really terrible, and it's 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 probably because they don't really know like the English words that they're singing. It doesn't sound like they kind of they're singing it almost like phonetically, mm. and it adds to it compounds the issue when you add in unwelcome vocals into the the soundtrack. The sampling in in Attack of Madness is so annoying, and again, I, I've said this earlier, is that Sonic CD has the potential. To be a very very long game if you sit down and play it start to end and aim to get every good future and every time stone you could be there for a long time
1: and see every zone if you exactly to. so yeah. then if
0: you get to metallic madness this annoying music could be like the nail in the coffin <laughs> frankly it's it really good it's so irritating. it's too much that grunting
1: it i didn't realize it was rapping i thought it was just a guy grunting words and I was, I didn't realise that's what it was sampling.
0: Mm. The past music is pretty good though. I love it, It's it's, almost... like, it's so
1: quick. And it feels like, you know, you sh- you shouldn't stop moving, otherwise your heart's
0: going to explode. Yeah,
1: And it's like kind of how you want to feel in a Sonic game.
0: Something. Yeah, it's a very successful attempt at creating a robotic sound. Mm. And it actually uses a sample which is eerily similar to a sound effect that's really present in the Earthbound soundtrack on Super Nintendo.
1: The thing is with the Mega CD, because of that PCM chip that it has built in, um, it does sampling in the same way as the Super Nintendo. Oh right! So, so a lot there. of the sound is yeah, it's quite similar. So when you hear like strings and stuff like we hear in A Link to the Past or something on the Super Nintendo, it's very similar to anything you'd hear like a string arrangement on the Mega
0: CD. Mm. So all very similar. Would like to discuss Earthbound on its own someday soon. Yeah, it'd be good actually.
1: And then you got the Bad Future, has that evil laugh and some more weird voice samples about getting sonic dead or alive or something like that i couldn't really make it out um it's kind of a shame because was obscuring this really cool like halloween sort of melody which is very dark and that's that's my thing all over so mm. but yeah the good future really strange such a departure from the rest of it i didn't really understand
0: For the US, uh, Metallic Madness, I've written that it's music that a, dep- a depressed robot might enjoy.
1: Yeah, that's quite apt, and I think it actually fit the stage really well.
0: Uh, I prefer it to the Japanese, and I'll come right out and say it if that wasn't already apparent. Um, it's mm. very ominous, um, and the bad future is is really strong in Metallic Madness.
1: Yeah, uh, I think that, that gets a point for me overall. Like, I, I really like the past version. Uh but that that counts for both US and Japanese, really, so I'm gonna have to give it to the US as well.
0: Alright, two points for US and Metallic Madness. Ooh.
1: Yeah, for the boss music, I write down it was like complicated melange of the whole game (laughs) and i you know it's sort of fitting really because the whole game is just a complicated melange of ideas
0: Mm. because in the japanese one it has this kind of laugh at the start yeah And it just sounds like some guy's found a cheeky biscuit in his cupboard that he forgot about (laughs) and he's just like oh (laughs) (laughs) i mean it it's good it's good Neither boss music's set the world on fire, really. No. But I would give a point to the US one, personally, I don't know about you.
1: Um, hmm, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say the US one as well, actually.
0: Okay,
1: that's another point for US.
0: Something I would like to see in a future Sonic game, if they do like a Mania 2, let's start having like different tracks for different bosses. Like, can we like expand on that in terms of technology? We don't have to save space by having the same boss music for every single level anymore. And then, like, you want to have a, a Robotnik Eggman theme, fine. But we don't have to have the same tune. But you could... And if you
1: want the same tune, you could remix
0: it or exactly. have alternate yes. versions. I would like that. That um, would be cool. So including the boss music, Japan and America came out with equal score. You're kidding. Eight points each. Wow. So it's like right down the okay. middle.
1: Okay, we could have a tie break.
0: Well, if we do a tie break, I think it comes down to the fact that with the US, you get sonic boom. <laughs> which counts for quite a lot because it's really, really good, even even with some of the shortcomings of the, the North American soundtrack. I would agree. Some of the boom is really strong.
1: If we're going for theme tunes like that, the what was it called? That Japanese one with the rap. Uh You can do anything. The you can do anything. Toot toot um, Sonic Warrior. Yeah, the You Can Do Anything tune. Which I just I did not like. Mm. Like I don't think I've ever listened to it the whole way through in all honesty
0: do yourself a favor and
1: and don't okay cool done Um, so if we're putting it down to that then we'll give the us another point
0: us one the us one just squeezes it out because of the boom yeah
1: that's going to annoy a lot of
0: people they're welcome to be annoyed that's fine yeah that's what people come to our podcast for probably
1: (laughs) probably i mean it's it's nice to look at this objectively i think because i I think you can get bogged down in a lot of bias of well I prefer the Japanese one because it's the original or I prefer the American one because that's the one I grew up with Mm. you know something like that where you actually break it down pick it apart you know as we've just showcased they can kind of come out even Um,
0: yeah I think listening to them totally separate from the game is really important because it just makes just helps the music stand on its own Mm. and music written for video games is, is it's such an underrated art form I think in a way because you've got to write a piece which can set the, the mood for a variety of situations and especially if you apply that to Sonic, sometimes Sonic can go very very fast and then there are other times where in the very same stage there'll be loads of complicated platforming to do um, and you've got to write a piece of music which both has speed and also doesn't become irritating or distracting when you have to do this meticulous sort of platforming manoeuvres, so I think that... And that can
1: loop, you know, potentially. Yeah, and
0: loop. (laughs) And then if you put Sonic CD into the mix, you have this thing where you've got to write four pieces of music for like one stage. Yeah. Did you have anything else to add about the the vinyl release? Because of course it was the Datadisc's um, three vinyl, kind of three record set that got us thinking about Sonic CD in the first place. Um, Datadisc's have been putting out video game records since 2015, and they're always very, very high quality production, I think.
1: Yeah, it's it's a great set.
0: I especially like the way that the special edition, like, splatter disc has a colour kind of palette, which is very similar to the time travel screen in Sonic CD. Yes,
1: it's it's loads of little touches like that, really great. Like, um, actually when you look inside the sleeve, you can see the time stones. Yeah, yeah. Like Things like that, it's like, people might not notice that, but it's in there anyway. I think we're suckers for that kind of thing. It's a, it's a thumbs up from me for that. It's a shame that the US one wasn't on there as well. Probably a licensing yes. thing, but it feels like to not include that is a bit sort of, you're only getting half the soundtrack.
0: Well, I, I tried to ask Datadiscs about that, and all I found out from them was that that is a Sega decision.
1: Well, so you need to know, Graham.
0: Well, it might just be the <laughs> Sega... being business savvy and know that we'll pay 35 quid for one soundtrack and then 35 quid for another one like a couple of years down the line and we will um so thanks to everybody who is listening to our fossil arcade podcast um i hope you enjoyed our discussion of Sox cd and thanks ben for taking part in that rather extended um you know exploration
1: no problem i enjoyed it
0: fossil arcade is also a youtube channel you can go to fossil arcade on youtube and check out all manner of retro recommendations and arcade uh, game playthroughs that we've done including a, a playthrough of sonic cd i did a few weeks ago with alex who's the other part of the boss arcade group so yeah that's all there for anybody who wants to see it
1: and don't forget to check out the website oh yeah fossil there
0: it is so yeah thanks a lot for listening a thank you to ben thank you very much and we'll see you next time
1: bye, bye.